Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 153 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael, and we are happy to be with you for another week of the Beers and Bible podcast, continuing our Advent series, drinking Christmas beer, Christmas beer, talking (laughs) all things Beers and Bible, which is what we do. All things holiday season, man. It's yes. my favorite time of year. Even even in the cold, it's my favorite time of year. Dude, has it been like gross and rainy and crowed down there? Yes, it has. In fact, it was so hot yesterday that I almost wore shorts. <laughs> I was like, it's December and I'm wearing shorts. Yeah, we haven't. I think tomorrow, like tomorrow is supposed to be in the 70s here, but all mm-hmm. week it's been like foggy, cold, yep. rainy, gross. No fun had by anybody. We haven't had the rain. It's been like really, really foggy in the mornings, mostly because it's like, so it'll get down to that, just that cold enough point where it, uh, when it starts to warm up, like when the sun comes up, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, hot and cold mix. Boom. Instant fog everywhere. (laughs) Right. So we were, we were talking the other day. uh, So we're down here where I'm at in South Alabama. If you're familiar with the, it's called the Bayway. We call it the Bayway, but it's a 10 mile bridge that goes across Mobile Bay. Mm-hmm. And years ago, it was in December. It was, it was season like this, but it was years ago. There was a 126 car pileup oh, uh, on the Bayway because the fog was so thick that like two cars kind of just nudged up and nobody could see it. And so uh-huh. you, they said you could literally just kind of sit there and hear cars. You'd hear, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just be cars crashing into them. That is eerie, man. That's creepy. So that's what Mobile Bay's known for. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, how's your week going, man? What's going on? Oh man, it has been a busy week. Um, it's been. I feel like I haven't stopped from sun up to sundown. I feel like I say that every week, but it's like every week something new comes along, and it's like I do this and do that. I spent a couple of days out of town. Mm-hmm. This week with some work stuff, just kind of had to take care of some things. And so did that for a couple of days. And Christmas season, of course, is in full swing, which means you, you're kind of going all the time anyway. Yep. Um. So it's just, it's uh, as much as I love the Christmas season, I hate the like, go, 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 go of yeah. the Christmas season. So I, I am ready for that to finish up and um, be just be done kind of just mm-hmm. get it all over with be done with it and then look forward to 2023 yeah we, but we were we were talking earlier tonight me and my wife about just how many like christmas parties and all the stuff that you that we ha- were just a part of mm-hmm. and it's like man having friends is really like uh 
has a comes with a cost. You know, <laughs> do I really like you that much? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just you're right. We're in the same boat, just trying to get everything scheduled out mm-hmm. and uh, making sure everything's covered and we don't let anybody down. But yep, someone's going to get missed. I'm Some, sure somebody's going to get missed somewhere. Sorry, I, and I I apologize now if we <laughs> fail to uh, see you at and. The Christmas season this year. Anyway, let's get into our beer review for the week. Uh, Anthony and I are both drinking Christmas, uh, Christmas themed beers. Uh, we're trying to do that for the Advent series. Anthony, why don't you tell our listeners what you are sipping on? So tonight I am going with from Yellowhammer Brewing. Um, this is called the, I'm going to hope I say this right, Nussnacker. Um, Winterbach. It's the Nussnacker Winterbach beer. Uh, it's a play on just kind of a regular Bach beer, which I enjoy Shinerbach. I don't enjoy knockoff Shinerbach, but um, I actually like Shinerbach. It's kind of a dark. It's almost to me there. It's like a mix between an ale and a porter. So it has the the. If I remember Shinerbach correctly, it it has like the the taste of a porter that's got that chocolatey flavor taste of a porter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of got a lightness more like an ale would the texture and consistency of an ale. So um, I saw this one. Yellow hammers done pretty good with, with me on a couple of couple of beers. So I was like, I'll give them a shot with their Christmas beer. The Nussnacker Winterbach comes in at 6.6 ABV and their description. This is how they describe it. It's just a slightly darker version of a traditional Bach beer brewed with Munich malt, Belgian chocolate malt. So that gets you that that little bit of chocolate flavor there. Um, hoping this one's going to be pretty good. What do you have tonight? So tonight I have from Pontoon Brewing, based in Sandy Springs, Georgia. I have the All of the Otter Reindeer Winter Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a winter ale with cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla. Comes in at six percent ABV, um, and that's really pretty much it. Um, the can has Santa being pulled by reindeer that look like otters. Well, that's fun. Yeah, there's even a Rudolph otter. It's got a red <laughs> nose. That's pretty cool. So it's a winter ale from Pontoon here in uh, the Metro Atlanta area. Nice. So. Nice. Well, we're only going to find out how good these things are when we crack them open and drink them. So I say we do that. I agree. Let's roll. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Crack. That was a that was a good crack. Yes, it was. Mm. Everybody loves a good beer crack. So I had a friend of mine over here uh, at my house a few weeks ago. And for probably the last six or eight months, I've been doing this uh, this thing where I, I really kind of pour my beer up real hard mm-hmm. so that it foams a lot. Yeah. And I poured my beer and he was like, he looks at me and he's like, bro, did, did you forget how to pour beer? <laughs> and I was like, no, I started doing this because I saw, I learned from TikTok because TikTok teaches us everything. That if yes. you pour, like if you pour it kind of rough a little bit, it foams up more, but then it reduces your, uh, it's, like it's less burping. filling. It's less yeah, it's filling. Less filling. Mm-hmm. Bloating. It reduces bloating. I'm getting old in my age, so I have to reduce bloating however I can. 
So my beer smells very uh like almost like jam. Mm-hmm. Kind of, which I'm starting to get the sense that that's just like a standard Christmas beer thing. Probably. Just smell like those flavors together. Yeah. But cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla is what I'm is what I'm my supposed seasick, to taste. Yeah, my seasick crocodiles from last week are all gone. I, I drank a, another or a couple more the next night. I was like, yeah, these are these are pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I have not touched mine from last week again. But you didn't like yours all that much. So it fine. wasn't it wasn't great. So. It wasn't great. Well, let's drink them and see how they treat us. Let's do it. Cheers. I'm, cheers. got some in my mustache <laughs> that's how you know it's good hmm. that's kind of what exactly is a winter ale hmm. that's interesting I know uh, the Einstock. I did the Einstock winter ale. It mm-hmm. was pretty good. It's not bad. I mean, I'll go ahead and do mine. I, I'm pretty locked in. Okay. Um, it's. I mean, for a regular beer, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, the flavors aren't really standing out to me as much as I thought they would. Mm-hmm. When you have when you say cinnamon and Vanilla are two pretty uh, uh, specific flavors, mm-hmm. and I'm not really getting much of them. But that's not taking away from my ex- my beer experience. Um, flavors good, textures good. It really just comes across as kind of just like a standard dark ale, mm-hmm. almost. Um, <clears throat> which again, as a regular beer, would be. I would be really, really pleased with this, but um, I, I'm going to say this is better than good, but not quite great. So I'm going to give it, I'll say four Luthers. Four Luthers. Okay. Yeah. Four. Well, that's not bad. I'm not, I'm not upset about it. Well, that's good. That means you'll probably drink them at least. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) What so, about what, what about Yellowhammer? Yellowhammer, the Nussnacker. Um, I like the name. The name is kind of fun. Um, it is. It's it's a little bit strong, and I know that's kind of weird coming from me, but it's a little bit strong for my taste on the chocolate side. Hmm. Um, I don't know if the if the chocolate just kind of overpowers, but you end up getting that. So, in in full disclosure, I'm not a fan of dark chocolate. Um, I realize to some people that probably makes me a heretic or sinner and I'm fine with that. Um, because I just don't like dark chocolate. I've tried it multiple times. Uh, three musketeers, dark chocolate. I like, I've tried all of it and I just don't like it. It's too bitter. And -hmm. that's the flavor that I get from this chocolate. It's it's almost like a bitter chocolate. Um, it's not bad, but it's also not good. 
Um, it's just kind of meh in between. Um, it's it seems it tends to make the beer, which Bach beers are a little bit bitter anyway, just because of the natural style that they are. They're that dark mm-hmm. lagerish ish pale or not pale mm-hmm. lagerish ale type. Um, and so I don't know. It's it's good. It's not great. It's not a four. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll give this three and a half Luthers. Um, okay. I mean, I have I have some more, and I'll probably drink them slowly. Um, they won't disappear, but it's just, it's just good. Not great for me. So three and a half Luthers is where I'm going to come in on the Nussnacker Winterbach. So, uh, last week I was trying to find some Christmas beers and the Merry Monkey was the only thing I could find that wasn't, um, like a holiday Bach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shinerbach has a Christmas thing and Leinenkugel has a, like a Bach style. Yeah. Um, Christmas thing, but I was like, I don't, I don't know if I could do Shiner Bach. <laughs> Shiner Bach is not bad. I don't know if I don't know if I've had it. I just I was trying to steer clear of a like a big box because yeah. So I had my wife go um, when she had a break at work to the uh, package store near her work that has like all sorts of fun stuff. Anyway, all the good stuff. Yeah. Well, there's you a couple of beers, a couple of more Christmas beers to add to your repertoire if you're into that this season. Um, the Nussnacker Winterbot getting three and a half. The All of the Otter Reindeer getting four Luthers from Michael. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Listen up. Uh, and now we're going to dive into actual Advent. So last week we kind of set it up, gave you a little bit of history, kind of how it works, how it operates. And for the next two weeks, we're going to really focus on the actual themes. And we're going to just kind of almost like a little mini Bible study, I guess you will. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do two themes tonight, and we're going to do two themes next week um, to just kind of set it up and get you guys prepared for this holiday season um, that is Advent. We're celebrating the Advent of Christ. And so stick around, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. We are continuing our discussion and our series on Advent and in this Christmas season, what uh, that means for us as believers, what we can, uh, what we can take to apply to our lives, not just in this season, but in every season that we mm-hmm. go through in life. Um, and tonight, like Anthony alluded to. Um, Advent can be broken into four themes, and tonight, yeah. uh, Anthony and I are going to tackle two of them, and then next week, we'll ha- tackle the other two. So tonight, we're going to talk about hope and joy, uh, what that means biblically, how we apply that to our lives during this time of year, and um, all that. So, Anthony, yeah. why don't you talk... Tell us, talk to. I, 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 <laughs> Are you having an aneurysm? It was me last week. <laughs> I, no, I don't think so. 
Um, but why don't you talk about uh, what hope means um, and how we can look through, look at it through the lens of Advent? Yes. So, in and just, I mean, when we think about hope, I always think, you know, hope entails anticipation. You anticipate yeah. something happening. You believe that something is home, is going to happen. I am a Georgia fan, and for years, I believed that we were going to win the national championship. It only took 42 years to do it, but I believed we could do it, and and, and we did it. That day finally came. Um, and so, you know, I, I love if you're, if you're, if you know, Michael and I, you know, we love football. And one of the things I love is the SEC shorts mm-hmm. films. Yeah. And when they did the one about Georgia and the hope, like when they had that little series going on right before, uh, yeah. we won that, that was probably my favorite series. Cause it was like, you're just going to crush my spirit over and over again. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, there are times when that's what hope feels like. It feels like you're yeah. being crushed um, because you're, you're hoping for something and we all really hope for something. Yeah. You know, it's like, and you, like you said, hope, um, hope is anticipation. Like when you are hoping for something, you are building it up and it, yeah. it builds and builds and builds. And like your dumb example about Georgia football, <laughs> um, I'm a Tennessee fan. So in case you didn't know, that's why I said that. Um, but like, you know, you're anticipating it for years and years and years, mm-hmm. and e- you look at everything. It's like, oh, everything's going to perfectly line up, and then you forget that Nick Saban still <laughs> exists. <laughs> Nick Saban exists, and so like you're let down year after year, and then when it <laughs> finally happens, it's like, oh, the thing that we've hoped for for so long is finally here, and um, it's like that antici- that weight of anticipation is on mm-hmm. your shoulders because anticipation yep. is a weight. And so when you finally get the thing that you've hoped for, it's like, oh, I can breathe yeah. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is exactly it. And so for Israel, the Old Testament, their their anticipation, their hope was for a new king. Their hope mm-hmm. was for somebody who was going to deliver them. Um, you know, they they more than likely had some misguided aspects of their hope you know they thought it was going to be a big political ruler that was going to crush the romans who were crushing them and that's what they were looking for and that's not at all what they got yeah um but but that they they still had that hope and they they still looked for and longed for that messiah um that we ultimately know came in the person of jesus and so Mm -hmm. you know I, I look to Advent, and I love reading the first parts of the Gospels. You know, some people focus on Luke, some people focus on Matthew. I kind of like I like reading all all the different introductions to the Gospels because they really portray a different perspective on yeah what the coming of the Messiah kind of looks like yeah um and so but the the genealogies there as specifically in Matthew they paint this picture of anticipation. You know, a lot of them Luke and Matthew specifically give these great detailed uh, genealogies. Luke goes all the way back to Adam, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew kind of traces it all the way down from Abraham to um, David and then David to to Jesus. And so, you. but what you see is this constant line of promise. You see this constant line of there's there is a next one, there is a next one, and then eventually you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And so... But what you end up with 
as you end the Old Testament, you end end with 400 years of silence. Okay, that was like six seconds. Mm. Was that awkward? I mean, a little bit for me, but I could see what I could see you like counting with your fingers. So, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so, if you're listening, if you're just listening to this and you can't see our faces, that pro- you're probably like, hang, hang on, what went wrong? Is is did I pause it? Because I mean, but again, that was six seconds of silence. Mm-hmm. And imagine 400 years of silence from God, not a peep, not a word, nothing, no prophets, nothing. For 400 years. Yeah. For, and imagine for, how that would be draining on your hope. Yeah. For people that like had had communication with God either directly or mm-hmm. through prophets or, um, or whatever, like that is nuts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you're right. Like, that's a long time to keep your, like, how do you even, I, I don't even know how you, anyone could maintain their hope that like yeah. the Messiah, like I imagine after 400 years of silence, there are some people going, this Messiah ain't never coming. Yeah, exactly. This Messiah is never going to get here. It's been 400 years and then enter into the new Testament. Jesus shows up in probably one of the most controversial ways ever mm-hmm. to an unmarried Teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's betrothed, yes. And and there's, you know, it's it's different than being betrothed is not the same as being engaged in our modern context. It's a it's a little different. But you know, it, it was still she kind of like she was promised to Joseph for all intents and purposes, Joseph was her husband. Mm-hmm. And so um, but into that context, you get Jesus. Yeah. And I love the way that Matthew one puts it. Um, and I'm just going to read just a little, a little snippet of Matthew here. This is uh, chapter one, verses 18 through 23. And it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy spirit. And I'm going to pause right there before they came together. She's with, she's with child. Now, a lot of things, a lot of things that we don't talk about at Christmas, how does Joseph fit into, you know, how yeah. put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a second? You know, yeah. you're you're in let's say modern context, you're engaged to a woman and she turns up pregnant and you're like, "Oh, um, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to leave that alone." You know, that that would be the natural response for us, but Joseph mm-hmm. didn't. Let's go into verse 19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Mm -hmm. But he considered these things, and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So, again, 400 years of silence comes this right here, where Jesus is coming to a teenage, unmarried woman, supernaturally, by the Holy Spirit, and... They're going to name him Emmanuel, which means 
God with us. So God is literally appearing into mm-hmm. their culture. He is adventing into their culture through this woman, this he girl. Go, God goes from not talking at all to being present with it within the people. That's right. That's exactly right. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of this promised hope from the Old Testament. He is the completion of it. Mm. And and there's this this con there's this idea or this concept motif however you want to label it of the promised son in the Old Testament. You got Noah's promised um, his offspring. Abraham Genesis twenty two is promised his offspring. Isaac is promised things promised to his offspring. Moses David. It just you know there's stories after story after story of this promise that goes from God to the offspring and and so you you see this. And how Jesus fits into this context as the promised son. Um, and then think about the Trinity. You got God, the father, Jesus, the son, and then the Holy Spirit there. That's, you know, that's all tied in together. And so what we see through this Advent, our hope, where our hope is derived is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is where we can draw our hope. And we can draw our hope from that because God will do what he says he would do. In the Old Testament, yeah. he promised a Messiah. Yeah. He didn't tell him he was going to give it to him next week. He didn't tell him he was going to give it to him next month. He said, I'm going to give you a Messiah. And so even after 400 years, God never forgot. God never gave up on his promise. And so if God is not going to give up, then we should not give up on God's promise. Yeah. Okay. And I said that right. We should not give up on God's promise because God is not going to give up on God's promise. Yeah. And and so... If if we are in Christ, then we have the promises that God declares for those who are his children. And in this moment, in this time, in the birth of Jesus, the hope that we can draw from this is that hope was brought from one of the darkest times in all of history. 400 years of complete silence from God. If he can bring hope, if God can bring hope into that kind of darkness, he can mm-hmm. bring hope into our struggles. He can bring yeah. our hope into our circumstances. And I love what John 1, 4 says. It said, and, it, and this is specifically talking about Jesus. It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Mm-hmm. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And... There, you can you can do a little little bit of wordplay, but I actually like what the the CSB translates. So that that translation is from the ESV, but I actually like what the C the E I'm sorry the CSB translates that verse as verse five. It says, "And the darkness will not overcome it," mm-hmm. and they put it into a future tense. And then there's yeah. a little bit of debate about that word, but but it's it's almost like so Jesus is the life. He's born. He is our hope. And he brings light into darkness. Yeah. The birth of Jesus brings light to what has been 400 years of darkness. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. And so once you have that advent, you have the promise of God right there. And and in that promise of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is our ultimate source of hope. His first advent is the promise and his second advent is what we get to hope for as Christians today. Mm, And so, you know, 
as you go through this week, next week, getting up to the the Christmas Day, you know, the celebration of what we celebrate, Christ's birth, know that your hope is coming in the form of a baby. And you can have hope because in that hope is the light that overpowers the darkness. And yeah. the darkness will not overcome it. Yeah. So that's hope. Wow. It's good stuff. I like so, that. Hope is good. Yeah. Hope is good. <laughs> let's you, talk about joy. Well, yeah, let's do it. So um <laughs> so we talk about joy, you know, the there's joy all throughout the um uh, narrative of jesus's birth um mm-hmm. bring you that said several times like bring good news of great joy bring you good news of great joy mm-hmm. um and a question that i came across in preparing for this that i haven't really thought about is not so much like um how do i experience joy but how often do i experience joy mm-hmm. yeah you know like how often do i genuinely um authentically experience true joy Mm -hmm. um the shepherds knew how to experience this joy and they knew that like just feeling something wasn't enough like okay cool like the angels are telling us oh here's this good news of great joy the shepherds like oh we gotta go we we (laughs) we we gotta go we're gonna go worship uh the the savior of the world yeah um and so they saw like they saw that it was very important to go and see their savior, to go yeah. see the savior of the world that God hadn't talked in 400 years. Yeah. <laughs> and now these ain't like God's talking all the time. <laughs> so it's like, Whoa. <laughs> the she- so the shepherds are like, uh, are going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we, when we look, when we get into the Advent season, and not just in the Advent season, but mm-hmm. all through throughout the entire year, we need to go and see our Savior. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas time is a great time to have like a big reset. You know, a big yeah. reset for you know if the year was what you wanted it to be or wasn't, or you want to set yourself up for like a good next year. Like this time of year is a great time to like just slow down if you can. Yeah, take a deep breath reset yourself, reposture your heart toward Jesus and go and see your savior, spend time with him. Yeah. Um, spend time with your father. Um, and we spend that and we do that. We spend our time with him because so that our knowledge of the good news of Jesus grows, mm-hmm. it grows in us. It grows through us. It grows. It comes out of us in how we treat others and what in the words we say and the things we do. Yeah. Um, and this lets us be aware of the joy that's in us. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's funny that you would say that because, you know, you talk about slowing down, but what what do we so often do? I mean, y- you and I were even talking about this before. We fill our schedules up with just going mm-hmm. and doing, and we wear yeah. ourselves out. Yeah, and it's it is so hard. <laughs> like, if you have kids, like you know how hard it is to be like, oh yeah, joyful. At this mm-hmm. time of year. And that really rolls into the next point. Like our joy shouldn't be determined by our circumstances. Yeah. Our joy should come from not the things going on around us, but what's mm-hmm. going on within us. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this a lot, especially when we talked about um 
we talk about theology of suffering, when we mm-hmm. when we talked about um Habakkuk, um like is that in Habakkuk? They all sort of run together. Habakkuk and Lamentations, both. Lamentations, Lamentations, yeah. but yeah. So, sorry, they all run together, and at this <laughs> point, it's all like, nah. But, you know, our joy comes from who we are in Jesus. Yeah. It comes from um, realizing that this love that God has shown us by sending his son in the form of a baby to live a perfect life, to die a death. We deserve, we deserve to die. Yeah. And then to raise victorious over death and sin and hell and all of that, like the love of God that allowed all that to happen is permanent and applies to us. It's unshakable. It applies to us. Yes. That love is secure in Jesus and it applies to us. Mm -hmm. And because of all this, we can live a life that's filled with joy, regardless of, if you have 30 different directions you're being pulled, yeah. if your kids are um, wayward, if work is like straining you out, if um, if your marriage, if your marriage is like crumbling and you don't know what to do, you've done everything you could like. We, it's still hard. Like those things are still hard to deal with, mm-hmm. but that's not the source of your joy. Yeah. <clears throat> the source of your joy is Jesus. Yes. And I think at this time of year, especially like this isn't in my notes. So bear with me. (laughs) I'm going to try to word it as I go. At this time of year, we get so caught up in like the doing and the Mm -hmm. going and the getting and the buying and the wrapping and the uh, parties and all the stuff. And those things are not bad. It's all part of part of it. But if we are trying to find our joy in those things, we're missing the mm-hmm. point. Yeah. If you're filling up your schedule to avoid something that's happening within you, mm-hmm. then you know, you, I I would suggest check why you're doing the things that you're doing. You know, yeah. there's there 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 are certain things that happened during the season, you know, people have parties, all that kind of stuff, what you're talking about. But if at the end of those things, if you're, if you can't come back and say, thank you, God, for the friends that we have, that we're able to visit with during this time. Thank you, God, for the family that we have, that we're able to visit with during this season. Um, Then, then, I mean, just, just do a heart check. Yeah. Because it might be that you need to say no to some stuff mm-hmm. and just spend some time with you and God. Yeah. Because yeah. this should be, this should be a season that points us back to Christ. And and I love the way you say that this is a great time to reset. You know, we, we fill our, we fill our schedules up, but sometimes you can fill your schedule up with events and things and let those things serve as something to kind of reset you. That, yeah. that, it's, that, that doesn't mean those things are bad. Yeah. And so don't don't hear us the wrong way, but but yeah, if you can't if you can't reset during this time because of the schedule you're keeping, then do a heart check. Do it do uh, a schedule check and say, "Man, is there things that I don't have to do yeah. that are pulling me away from focusing on the joy that I have in Christ?" Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That got insanely deep way too fast. Um <laughs> So 
you know, you think about, you know, the love of God and what that means. And I think we, a lot of times forget nothing can separate us Mm -hmm. from the love of God. And I think we could take it one step further here. I think we could go so far to say that there is, if nothing can separate us from the love of God, then there's nothing that can separate us from the joy that knowing God provides to us. And so, you know, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your, um, you know, your past or your present demons or stuff that's going to happen in the future, like none of that stuff, if nothing can, if none of that can separate you from the love of God, then the joy of God is, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Available. That it is. Yeah. The joy of God is available to anyone. Mm-hmm. And the joy of knowing him and, and learning more about him and growing closer to him, that's available to anyone. So, um, and, and don't hear me, don't hear me saying like, oh, it's easy to have joy. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's not. Like sometimes it's just like, draining to try to find the joy in the situations um you know that 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 song um i've got the joy 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 (laughs) down in my heart like (laughs) like but you know as as you know as fun as that song can be like it doesn't always describe us it doesn't always apply to us it doesn't Mm -hmm. always you know it doesn't always like it's it's not you know it's not real. Yeah. Um, sometimes we show up and, you know, we're at church or we're at the, you know, we're at all these parties or, you know, we're with our kids on Christmas morning and we're yeah. tired and we're exhausted. We were up till two in the morning, putting a thing, trampling together, you know, <laughs> and, you know, we're stressed about like everything that we've got to do on the, on that day, or we're stressed about stuff going on at work or in our marriage, or we're anxious or worried or, mad about stuff yeah and again don't hear me saying that having those emotions or those feelings is a bad thing but they shouldn't rob you of the joy that knowing god can bring you like god wants you to bring all that stuff god wants you to bring all your anxiety and anger and frustration and stress and weariness like he wants you to bring that to him but all of that shouldn't rob you of your joy. Yes. It's a very like hard thing to balance. Like I don't under, I don't mm-hmm. know. And I don't, don't hear me saying like, I I know, I know the secret. I, I don't, <laughs> but you know, like regardless of what's going on outside, um, you know, at this time of year, we can remember that the God of the universe who spoke light into existence that at a word created all the planets and all the stars and perfectly placed everything exactly where it needs to be breathed man out of the ground and breathed life into him. And that God yep, who knows every intimate detail of every person who has ever lived is currently living, will ever live, could have ever lived <laughs> Um, every decision all those people real or not real could have or did make like the God who has all that information at his disposal at all times 
he came to Earth as a baby mm-hmm. in human flesh to live a sinless life, to die a death we didn't deserve, so that we can have the joy of knowing him, so that we yeah. might experience that joy. And so, like, in the next couple of weeks, as you're going through all of the obligations that come with Christmas time, take a minute, take an hour, take however long it takes, and just sit and rest and think about, like, am I living a life that is filled with the joy that comes from knowing Jesus? Like, yeah. Believers should be like joyful people. Yep. Again, not easy, <laughs> but like that's part of what being a believer is. Yes. So, so that's joy. There's joy. So, how can let's let's do a little challenge here? How can we have better hope? and better joy this week. This is not a rhetorical, I'm assuming. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Think about it, though. I mean, we we know that Christ came, and we know that Christ is coming again. Mm-hmm. And so that gives us hope. Okay? We talk a lot on this podcast about how we should be lights in a world. If if you can't live as a person who has hope, then then really again do a self check and look at where your hope is actually found. Yeah, you know, Christians should be some of the most hopeful people on the planet, regardless yeah. of their situations. Yeah, you know, think about Paul. Paul was in jail a lot of times, and from from jail he wrote, "I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." You know, <laughs> or he wrote, count it all joy whenever you face various trials. Exactly. And so if Paul can have that kind of hope, why can't we? If Paul can have that kind of joy, mm-hmm. why can't we? And so, I, you know, I think the challenge is just how can we be better sources of hope and joy yeah. to the world during this Advent season? How can we proclaim the advent of Christ with hope and with joy yep. to the world in this next week. So think, I mean, think about that. That's a challenge. I just had yeah. that thought. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Anthony? Anything Man, else have, to add? I have nothing to add. I think it's great. And uh, I'll tell you what, I would love to pray for us that we could, uh, that we could experience hope and show hope and joy this week. Can I do that? Do it. God, we thank you for another week. We thank you for a week to sit down and discuss you and discuss um, what we have as children of God. Uh, God, you give us hope. You give us joy. You promised us the return of your son, and we're so expectant, um, wanting to see that, that day come. But God, as we wait and as we hope for that day, I pray that you would give us joy. Uh, I pray that we would be a light of people who exemplify what it means to have hope and to have joy to the world, that we can be examples and we can show the light of Christ to this world, the light that has overcome the darkness, 
and will overcome the darkness. God, it, it, even when we look around the world and we think to ourselves, it can't get any worse, we know that you are still in control and that you have your finger on on this point in history and you are working and willing and doing the things that you need to do to bring yourself glory. And, and we can rejoice in that and we can have hope in that. And so, God, as we go throughout our weeks, as we go into this Advent season with busy schedules and parties and family members and all of the things that make it frustrating sometimes, God, I pray that we would have hope and we would have joy. But that hope would be found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That joy would be based in what Christ has done for us. Because, God, we have so many reasons to be joyful and we have so many reasons to be hopeful. And I pray that we would realize those and see those and learn those from your word. And I pray that you would be with us this week uh, as we go and as we shine these lights. And I pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, if they want to find us on platforms of social media, where would they do that? You can find the Beers and Bible podcast on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcasts. And you can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcasts at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you if you have any questions about anything we've discussed on the podcast or any beers that you would like for us to try to get and review on the podcast we would love to do that and would entertain any and all suggestions boom maybe not any suggestions but (laughs) uh, any suggestions suggestions. (laughs) pretty much left to our discretion there you go so well until next week i hope your beer stays cold your bible stays open and we'll see you later peace out peace out